Praise God. God is good. Amen. Well, I want to preach you happy tonight. So get your Bibles out and go to the book of Romans chapter 8. If you can't get happy out of the book of Romans chapter 8, well, you know, you need some intensive something. The title of this message tonight is Fuel to Fly High. Now, throughout the scriptures, different places, book of Daniel, Revelation, different places, the Bible talks all about that the, the devil's tactic in your life is to wear you out. You know, you just get worn out. And y'all know, the older you get, the more wore out you get quicker from doing less things. And, uh, and then after a while, when you start wearing out, well, then, you know, you just get to where you, you don't fight, you don't wrestle, you don't stand against the wiles of the enemy. And then that's the way his whole tactic and plan is to beat you. And uh, so I want to share something with you tonight to give you some fuel, give you a shot in the arm, give you some fuel to get through these troubled times we're in right now. So I want to start in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 18. He says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. I want you to understand something tonight, church. Listen. I don't know what you're looking at here right now on earth. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what's going on in your marriage. I don't know what's going on in your business or your state or your life or whatever may be taking place with you right now. Maybe somebody out there is really in a bad situation. You're really, you know, everything looks bleak to you. But I want you to understand, if you're in Christ Jesus, if you're a born again, if Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life, if you know that you know that you know that if you died, you're going to heaven, you know you're right with God, well, then I want you to know you have a glorious future set for you. Now, hear this tonight. I'm telling you, you have a glorious future set for you, and you cannot keep your eyes on what's in front of you, you have to be able to look down and, and know that you have glory coming to you. Hello? You've got a glorious... Paul said it right here to the, to, to the, to the Roman church. He said, man, and, and compare with the glory that's going to be revealed in us. The glory. Folks, listen to me. I, I can guarantee you that you do not, and I'm not saying this down to you because even I know this for myself, that we don't have the anywhere close to the full revelation of what's to come. I'm telling you, you think you got it figured out what heaven's like? You think you got the streets of gold figured out? You think you got the mansions figured out? You think you got eternity figured out? I'm telling you, you don't. I mean, have you ever been in a really... I don't know, elaborate or nice place. You went to a hotel or a resort and something, everything was really nice. And you're like, oh, this is so beautiful. It's even going to be compared to heaven. You can't even understand the glory. If you've ever read any books about people that have, you know, gone to heaven and come back and they talk about everything. They talk about that you've never seen anything like the colors. You've never seen anything like, you know, everything around there, that everything is so glorious. It's just like there's no English words to describe how glorious it is. Well, that's what's waiting for you. Now, listen to me. You're down here on this earth, and it says that the suffering of this present time, they're not even worthy to be compared. In other words, when, when things are so good, you're not even going to be thinking about the hardship you walk through on earth. I seem to, I don't know why, 
and I'm not claiming this, I'm just telling it, that I, I seem to have like the curse of uh, uh, problems with septic systems. I, I, I like my whole life I've fought septic systems. It's septic systems, when I was a kid, I remember my dad were always digging like, you know, gophers out in the hole trying to, you know, the yard trying to get the septic working and just always was an issue. And then I grew up and there was a point in my life that I was so, so completely 100% broke and had no dollars at all. And I was living in a rent house and I remember the toilet backed up and there was the, 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 the lines were all stopped up. And I, I mean, I didn't even own a shovel. I didn't have any money to pay a plumber. I mean, it was the worst. And I remember crying out to God. I was first saved. And I was like, God, why is this happening to me? And then so I've been dealing with that at my own house now for the last couple of weeks. And, 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 and I started laughing because I was, I was thinking about that. It was like the Holy Ghost through what I was working through this week. It was like I was remembering how it was then and how I felt so helpless and so lost and no money and nothing, no way to do anything. And I was just like, oh, my God, it's the worst thing that could happen. And today I'm like, yeah, it's bad, but I'm a whole lot better off than I was then, you know. <laughs> And just laughing, at least I got a shovel, you know? I mean, I, I, it was hilarious. I, I mean, I literally, even last night, for some reason I, I just was up a lot last night praying and just like I could never uh, settle down. And, and, I, I, and in it, I got to laughing. In my, in my sleep state, I, I got to laughing, thinking about how much better off I am now than I was then and how blessed I am. And I said, God, man, you know, you have blessed me, so you've blessed my family, so you've blessed my life, so why am I even concerned about anything, right? Well, folks, this is how you got to get your fuel to fly high. Because if the devil keeps you looking at the problem, looking at the situation, looking at what's going on, believing that it's so bad, it's going to be, oh my God, we'll never get out of this, it'll never change, this is so hard. Well, then I'm going to tell you something, you are going to be worn down and you're not going to make it. Okay, the book of James chapter four, verse 14 says literally that your life is just a vapor. It says, what is your life? It's a vapor that appears for a little time and then it vanishes away. You're nothing but a. Now, for those of us that have been walking on this earth a little bit longer and walked through some hard times or you're in the midst of a hard time right now, it seems crushing. But I'm about to get down to some stuff here in a minute that you can start to thank yourself happy and the spirit of God can come upon you and your whole life can change. Because listen to me, things are not done because you're so strong. Things move in the spirit because it's the spirit that moves and you get in contact with the anointing. If it's done by you, well, then it just works. But I don't live by works. I live by faith. And what's the problem is a lot of times when we get into hardships, we start trying to do things ourselves where you need to. What does the Bible say? Psalms 23. It is the most ridiculous Psalms in the world. It is. In the middle of your enemies, God's going to prepare a table for you to sit down and eat. No, I need to be at the window shooting, Lord. I need, I need, come on, help me, Jesus. We're out here fighting the battle. We're doing it. He said, no, I want you to come over and sit down, and I'm going to fill your cup so full it's going to overflow. Why do you want an overflowing cup? Think about that for a minute. Why do you want an overflowing cup? What is so good about an overflowing cup that you said, if you had a cup, then you're, if your coffee's overflowing, you're trying to clean it up. I was asking the Lord about that. He says, I just want to make sure you know you're never going to run out and you always have more for others. You think about that. 
Jesus, the battle's outside. He says, your enemies are coming. I right, hear, come on, sit down over here and get this overflowing cup. That's how unworried he is about the enemy, the finances, the sickness, the enemy of whatever it be, of darkness, of doom and despair, and agony on me, deep, dark depression, excessive misery, right? He's not worried about it. He says, sit on down here, let me feed you something, okay? The Apostle Paul, when he was talking to King Agrippa in Acts 26, 1, he said, in 1 and 2, he said, he said look, uh, he said, actually, Agrippa says to Paul, you're permitted to speak for yourself. So Paul stretched out his hands and he answered him and for himself. And he said, I thank myself happy, King Agrippa. I just love that. That's the way they translate New King James. I thank myself happy. Now, the apostle Paul was in prison. He was about to go before, you know, a council. His life was right there. They could have killed him at any minute. And he says, I think myself happy. So listen to me, church. Let me give you these few pointers here about thinking yourself happy. Romans 8, 21. I want to, I want to stay in the book of Romans uh, of 8 right here. He says, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. There's this day coming. It's not now. But it's coming. This day coming, either the rapture of the church is going to take place and we're going to be caught up into heaven or you're going to end out your life on this earth. But there's a day coming, all right, when all of this corruption ceases and all of the glory comes. Oh, my. Oh, my. I always am joking with my wife. I come up every now and then with things I want, to, I want written on my tombstone. You know, I'll just say, hey, put this on there, you know. And I, you know, I come up with all kinds of crazy things. And one of them is, is, is I'm happy. You know, I mean, I ain't here. I'm happy. Boy, I'm in the presence of God. I'm going down the streets of gold. It's always funny, you know. I mean, we've, you've heard this before. And comedians have made jokes at it and all. And songs have been sung about it that we all, all want to go to heaven, but nobody wants to go now. Right? But we got to start looking. It changes you when you start looking at then. It changes you because the Spirit of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, comes in you and a spiritual renewal starts taking place in your life. Not just, oh, God, it's so terrible. Would you come? No, it's like there is glory waiting for me. By the Spirit, it starts to change you on the inside. It starts to put fuel in you by the Spirit so you can fly. See, folks, I'm not just talking about a happy thought. I'm saying you start to think, my gosh, Jesus, I'm going to be in heaven with you. And I can't even imagine. But they say it's glorious liberty. By the Spirit, something starts happening inside of you. Because, folks, you have to catch it by the Spirit. It can't be a mental ascent and it can't be works. All right? Imagine being in a place where there's no more corruption, no more lies, no more unrighteousness. Then all is glory. All right. Then he goes on down to verse 23. He says, not only that, but that also we have to the first fruits of the spirit. Even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Now, do you notice it says we're the first fruits, but we also have the first fruits of the spirit. 
Okay? We also have the first fruits, and inside of us we groaning. See, sometimes the frustration we have, sometimes the irritation we have, literally, if you're full of the Spirit, is literally the Spirit wanting to reconnect with what's in heaven. It's looking around and everything. That's why I look at some of the petty things going on now in the world today, and I'm just like, you guys are just, you got to be kidding. What are you talking about? Why are you, what, what, what is that? What is this? What is that? But there's something inside of me that says there's a better tomorrow. And if you're born again, it's in the inside of you. You may have been, let your ears get so full of doubt and unbelief. You may have listened to the devil so long that you're not listening to what's down on the inside of you. But there is a spirit of God down on the inside of you groaning to say, man, I I really don't want to be here. I want to be with you. Now go to verse 26. Likewise, the spirit also helps our, our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray as we ought, but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the heart knows the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Is it amazing? Isn't it amazing that God gave us the Holy Spirit? According to Ephesians 1, 13, 14, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit when he got born. And the Bible says that Jesus, Hebrews 7, says Jesus is interceding for you. And it says here in Romans 28, 26, the Holy Spirit's also praying for you. You got two. Hear this. You got two of the Trinity interceding for you to make it just because you got saved. Not because you're so good, not because you're so perfect, or because you're so bad you need that much intercession. You hear me? The Holy Spirit working with us. Now, the real bummer, it seems to me, is that when Jesus ascended to heaven, you know, he prayed the Father, and the Father sent the Holy Spirit down. Well, how would you, both of the, 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 the Son and the Holy Spirit, to me, got is, is rough. Jesus knew he was coming to the earth to die for all of us, right? But now then the Holy Spirit knew he was getting sent down to earth, leaving the glory to come down here to be with us, to intercede for us, to comfort us, to be with us. Hello? Are you starting to get this? You're starting to realize how much heaven is working for you? But we're going to let the devil tell us, oh, you're not going to make it. Oh, you can't, you know, this isn't going to work. Oh, I don't know if I can ever overcome this. I don't know if I, my goodness, you got the Son of God praying for you and the Holy Spirit praying for you. How could you miss? But see, the devil wants to talk us out of that. The devil wants to talk us into just that, you know, what was me? We're not going to make it. Because we always look at things, folks, like the glory is on earth. Right? We want the glory on earth, but the glory is in heaven. And we want everything to go right. We want everything to go perfect. We want everybody to be nice. And especially we want everybody to do everything we want them to do. But the truth of the matter, it says we're in a place of corruption. We're in a place of that, that it's not right. But we've got to look to the glory. We've got to look up just like I'm having to look into these stage lights. And man, they are bright. And I, I, I can't see anything. Hello? And I'm looking at, I can't see nothing but the glory of the light. I can't see anything else around it. I can't see, there could be bugs. There could be, a, a Godzilla could be standing there and I can't see it. 
Why? Because I'm looking in the glory. And I really can't now that I stared up at it. When you just got that, all you're doing is looking at the glory. And this is what Paul is trying to get across to the Roman church. He said, folks, you're still with the Holy Ghost. There's, there's glory that you're going to. Jesus is making intercession for you. The Holy Ghost is there to help you pray. And you just got to start looking at the glory and let the fuel of the Holy Spirit begin to just pour in you. Now, even gets better. Romans, look at 8.28, Romans 8.28. Now, this scripture has been so misused, so pulled out of text, so just, you know, it makes me sick how they've, they've perpetrated the word of God here. But it says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, that scripture is always, a lot of times people use it, especially religious people use it like something bad happens to you. And then they just say, oh, well, you know, God works all things. He works in mysterious ways. God's doing something here. That's not really what that scripture means because you got to put it in text with everything else going on here. He says, look, you're, gonna, you're in a fallen world. You're in a corrupt world. You're in a world where there's accidents. You're in a world where there's sickness. You're in a world where there's disease. You're not, it's not the garden where it's supposed to be because the devil got involved. And so I just want you to know that no matter what happens, God is going to work it out so that you end up blessed on the other side of it. Hello? It's not God putting bad things on people. It's bad things happen in this fallen world we live in. And if you stick with God and keep loving him through it, you're going to come out on the other end smarter, wiser, and better. God's going to work it out somehow. You may not be able to see it, but if you just keep looking at the glory, you're blinded to everything else that goes on out there. It don't make no difference. But see, as long as the devil can get you focused on the problem, focused on the situation, focused on what's going on, then you're not going to see the glory that you need to be looking at to walk in the victory you need to be looking at or need to be walking in. Hello? Because victory, according to that scripture, is always yours. I mean, the confidence to know inside of you that you cannot be defeated. Whew. Isaiah 54, 17, that no weapon that could even ever even be forged in hell could prosper against you. You say, well, pastor, that all sounds pretty and all sounds good, but I, I have had loss in life. Well, I have to I live in a corrupt world, but when I look up at the glory, God's always turned that thing around. And as I am gotten older and I look backwards, I see some things that, that, I lost that I probably need to lose it. I know I'm stronger today than I've ever been. Not physically, spiritually. Hello? I know I'm smarter by the, in the things of the things of the Spirit than I've ever been in my life. So that's bragging. No, I've just gotten older in the Lord and kept walking with him, and I just keep learning, and I keep looking back and saying, oh, oh now I see what that was all about. Ah, oh, I didn't know that. Now I do. Because at the time, I thought I was going to get saved, and then everything I said out of my mouth was going to come to pass as I said it out of my mouth because that's the way I thought it was going to be. I thought it was magic. I thought it was Merlin the magician, and I was just going to wave the magic wand of, of speaking the word, and everything would just line up, and my life would be easy. I'd never have a flat tire. I'd never have a problem. I'd never have a septic system back up. I would never have, oh, last night in the middle of the night, my, my air conditioner went out. You know, I didn't think, you know, say, oh, there was a day and time that that would have driven me crazy. You know what I did? I rolled over and I said, oh, well, we'll deal with it in the morning. Went back to sleep. And this morning I got dealt with. 
When before I would have been up, oh God, what is going on? Why is the devil attacking me? This thing? Now I'm just like, ah, oh, air conditioner broke. I won't ever get another one. And waste a moment over it. I was still up this morning reading my Bible, drinking coffee with Jesus. It took me a while to just say, oh yeah, Lord, we got an air conditioning problem. Huh. Yeah, I got to deal with that today. Okay, well, we can take care of that. Because I'm just not going to let it bother me. Why? God's going to work all things out. Okay. Victory is always going to be mine. So what are we going to do about it? Here we go. Verse 31. I love the way Paul wrote this to the Romans because he laid it out really easy. So he says, so what shall we say to these things? What things? All those things. The things that happen in life. The issues, the problems, the situations, the corruption, the things that go on in life. What are we going to say to these things? Man, God's for me. Who in the world will be against me? But do you have the confidence God is for you? Hear me now. A lot of Christians out there waving their hankies and saying, oh, yeah, God's for me. But do you really believe God's for you? Because when the devil comes in roaring like a lion, are you like, oh, get away, God's for me. Or are you like, oh, we're going down, the ship's going to sink. Got to look at the glory. You got to look up the glory. You got to know it's glory. Glory's where you're walking. And folks, that's what you got when you got saved. It's not you got saved and then you're going to try to work up the ranks to try to get into some glory. You got all the glory the day you made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. All the glory, you got it. Right then. It's just trying to walk out your life on this earth. The glory and everything that was in heaven, you got, listen, oh man. When I think of this, it blows my mind. The moment I got saved, the moment I asked Jesus to come into my life, in that barn that night when I said, Jesus, you're really real, I want to know you, boom, right then the Holy Ghost sealed me and the, the third person of the Trinity came to seal and live in me and, and wrap me up and guarantee me, be my, my escrow money in heaven. That second, heaven came to earth and touched me. Jesus, the Son of God, sitting at the right hand of God, started praying for me. Now, okay, Robert's in the fold. We got him over here. Did I do anything for it? Did I do any works for it? Did I do anything? I was a baby Christian at that moment. I said it, the, 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 the two members of the Trinity came right down and began to work inside of me. And the father began to bless me and go on from her. I didn't do any works. I didn't have time to do any works. I just got saved. So what are we thinking we're doing trying to get out there and help the Holy Ghost? So Paul says to the Roman church, what are you going to say to these things? What things? All those things coming against you. What are you talking about? If God's for me, he was for me. He's for me when I got saved. He's for me today. If God's for me. Well, who in the world can be against me? Okay, look at verse 32. Who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So he says, like, here's a promise. The promise was, is, hey, if you don't think that God's going to do it, look at the cross that Jesus is on. He gave his own son for you. Now he's not going to help you. Isn't it amazing that the devil comes to you and lies to you and gets you to think that God's not going to do anything for you for some reason or another? When Paul is trying to tell them, what are you talking about? He's trying to tell the Roman church, he said, man, what are you talking about, folks? If God sent his own son to die for you, then what in the world? You think he's not going to help you out of this? Get your sewer fixed? Well, it's more serious than that, Pastor. Yeah, I know to you it is, but I know that all of us are in different places in life. 
And just about the time you think nothing could be happening to any person on earth worse than what you're going through, I guarantee you there's lots more. And then there's other people going through worse stuff. We are so blessed. Church, listen to me. We are so blessed. We're sitting in the key place living here in the middle of utopia that we do. I'm telling you what, do y'all realize, do y'all realize that if we did not have any outside connection, like no internet, no anything like that, you had none of that, we, we wouldn't even known that the Twin Towers were hit. We'd still be sitting around here living our lives because of the lives we live around here. We're so blessed. If we didn't have the internet and what was going on, we didn't know all the crazy stuff going on in Congress, we'd think everything's pretty good. Other than we see the price of gas go up or this go up in the war, what's going on? Are you all with me? Well, when you start living kind of like that with Jesus, you're just looking at the glory. You're just looking at all the good things God's going to do for you and is doing for you. And you just start looking up at the glory all the time. Well, then what happens is, is you don't even notice the stuff going on down around you. And it really irritates the devil. Because he wants you worried. He wants you fretting. But if God wouldn't even spare his son for you, then what else would you need in life to give you confidence of a promise that God's going to do it? All right? So look at verse 35. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, or peril, or sword? So he's saying nothing can separate us from God's love. His love and that glory is coming towards you at all times. So listen to me, no matter how discouraged you are tonight, no matter how depressed you may be feeling, listen to me, God loves you and his love is beaming out to you if you will just look at his glory and let the Spirit of God do it. Get out of the darkness. Quit looking at the darkness. Quit listening to the devil. Quit listening to what's going on with all the, the, the junk here and there. Look at verse 37. Yet in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. See, when you get hold of that love, you become more than a conqueror. You're not just a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. But if you keep, if you take your eyes off the glory, you have no fuel to fly. I've tried and tried and tried to wean my truck off of diesel. It just doesn't seem to work. I talk to it, try everything I can to wean it off. And it just, when it gets to that point, a little dinger comes on. It says it's got to have some more fuel. Well, your dinger may be going, have been going off for a long time. And the only way you're going to get any fuel, and the only way you're going to be more than a conqueror, the only way you're going to be an overcomer, the only way you're going to get joy back in your life, peace back in your life, is you're going to have to look at the glory. And you're going to have to quit saying, yeah, I know it's a good message, but, you know, I don't know. But you want to be more than a conqueror? It says, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. So doesn't that pretty much just cover everything? No matter what goes on in our crazy government, no matter what goes on anywhere in the world, no matter what goes on in your neighborhood, no matter what going on in your own life, nothing's going to ever separate you from the love of God. You're never going to lose you're never going to lose, that God's always going to work everything out. If you'll just hang on, don't give up. So anybody out there listening or watching tonight, man, you feel like you're about to give up, don't give up. Look to the glory that God has for you. If you're born again and you know Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life, well, then rejoice because you've already entered into the very first thing of that you, for the glorious life. 
and start looking to how good God is and start looking at his glory. Start looking at his love abounding towards you. Start looking at it. He wants to sit you down while your enemies are outside and give you a cup and prepare a table before you and just bless you. And as you do that, the spirit of God will begin to come into you and begin to touch you and begin to move in you and begin to change and rearrange your whole life. If you're out there watching and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, listen to me. The first thing you need to do is you need to fall on your face and you need to ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, that you believe that he's the son of the living God, that his blood on the cross and the work he did on the cross, that God sent him to the cross for you. And when you believe in that, well, then his blood will wash your sins and cleanse you and you're forgiven. And then that glorious life is yours. But folks, I'm telling you, the devil right now is trying to put forth fear. He's trying to do everything in the world. He's trying to get everybody pitted against each other. But I'm telling you, look at the glory. Look at the glory and let that fuel come in you and give you your wings you need to fly. Amen? So church, stand up with me tonight. And let me just bless you. Let me bless your tithes and your offerings. Father, I just declare right now, these are blessed people. Lord, this revelation goes into their hearts tonight that they look to the glory, Lord. They just look to the glory and look to you and what you've got for us. And as they do that, Lord, I thank you that by the Spirit, you just begin to transform them, transform them. Break all those chains, those heavy bands off of them, those yokes off of them tonight. Let them be joyful. Let the peace of God, let laughter be like a medicine to them tonight, Lord. Healing their souls, healing their broken hearts. Because, Lord, they look to you, the author and the finisher of our faith. And so, Lord, I ask you to just bless them. Put your hand upon them. Bless their businesses. Bless their tithes. Bless their offerings. Lord, and we just give you praise for it, that you have such a glorious, glorious future for us. And we give you all the praise, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.